Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. Today, for your listening pleasure, we have an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode sometime in the last 10 years. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on January 1st of 2012 under the headline, Oregon City was home of world's first electric power grid. Here we go. In the summer of 1889, the city of Portland had something that no other city in the world had. Electric service. Oregon City's Willamette Falls had become the source of the world's first high-tension power line, a 14-mile run of six copper lines carrying just 4,000 watts of direct current, enough to run three electric space heaters across the river and north to Portland. Before this, electrical power could only be distributed within a couple miles of a generating station. The entrepreneurs in Oregon City showed an entire nation the way. Inventing, you could almost say, the modern city. Here's how it happened. In the late 1800s, an Oregon City banker named Edward Eastman started hearing about electrical service. Thomas Edison had developed a commercially viable electric light bulb a few years before, No, he did not invent the bulb itself, but he did figure out how to make it more than an expensive laboratory toy, and people really wanted to be able to use one in their own homes. At the time, Oregon City was one of about five towns around the country with a major water feature, capable of generating serious hydroelectric power, actually inside city limits. That would be, of course, Willamette Falls. Eastman knew that if he installed one of Edison's new dynamos at the falls, he could sell electric power for almost any price he could name to the residents of his town. So in 1888, he got busy and formed the Willamette Falls Electric Company, the outfit that would later become Portland General Electric. Eastman installed his dynamo in one of the mills at the falls, and soon Oregon City was an electrified town. But it was a small electrified town. Eastman knew the real money was to be made a dozen miles north in the big city. Portland. Now, electricity generates friction when it moves through anything, including wires. That friction is what it makes the thin wires with a lot of power heat up, and that heat is the electric energy being dissipated. That's why power plants could only be installed a few miles from a city. At longer distances, either the wire would have to be enormous and expensive, or very little of the power that went into one end would come out the other. The rest would be dissipated along the way in the form of heat. What Eastman and his associates knew was that they could convert, say, 100 amps of 100-volt current into a dozen or so amps of 1,000-volt current. This would go through the same size line as a lower-voltage current. When it got to the other end, it could be converted back into 100-volt power and used. That way, you could use a much smaller line. So, in the summer of 1889, they put this idea into practice, and for the first time in history, the streets of a major city were bathed in grid-powered electric light. They were pumping 5,000 watts of power into the lines at Oregon City, and 4,000 watts were coming out at the other end. Not bad for first-generation direct current service. For a year or so, Portland enjoyed its unique status and its unusual access to electric lighting. Then disaster struck. A catastrophic flood damaged Willamette Falls Electric's power station. 
Portland once again went dark. But the Willamette Falls electric people were true entrepreneurs. Rather than lamenting the disaster, they seized the opportunity it presented. Eastman and his colleagues got busy rebuilding the station, but they didn't just replace the ruined equipment. The direct current technology Edison was selling was being superseded, despite Edison's vigorous protests, with the superior alternating current system invented by Nikola Tesla. So the Edison dynamos were replaced with experimental Westinghouse AC rigs. And when the lights went back on in Portland in 1890, they were powered with AC current. And Portland was, once again, the first city in the world to get it. So, you with me so far? Oregon, in the space of about a year and a half, has led the world first in high-tension DC electric power, and then high-tension AC electric power. Right here in River City, boys and girls. In the process, Oregon became an early battleground in the industrial war between Edison and Westinghouse. Edison, who controlled the patents on DC but not on AC, went to extraordinary lengths to paint his rival's system as unsafe, using it to electrocute a variety of animals, including notoriously a circus elephant named Topsy, and even inventing the electric chair for the execution of capital criminals using, of course, alternating current. None of that worked. The fact was, as Eastman and his colleagues quickly found out, DC just doesn't do long-distance transmission efficiently. Commercial DC didn't die out completely until 2009, when a small handful of New York customers were finally disconnected. But by about 1910, it was largely irrelevant, and Oregon's first power company had left it behind decades before. The original power station building at Willamette Falls ended up being sold to a mill, which used it for a while and eventually had it demolished. It was replaced in 1895 with the T.W. Sullivan Power Plant, which is still in use and still generating power today, the third oldest operating power station in the country. Key sources in this story have included works by James Andrew Long, Joshua Binnis, and the Willamette Falls Heritage Foundation. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening, and I do hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. Check out our hub page at offbeatoregon.com to explore all the other things we do or to find full citations and visuals that go with today's show. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details of that, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Offbeat Oregon History episodes are uploaded every weekday morning at around 6 a.m., so it'll be a couple of days before you get your next fix. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day and the subsequent weekend with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.